This is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We are bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know from CQ Roll Call's reporters in Washington. I'm Jason Dick. Today is Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. It was relatively quiet on the House and Senate floors today. The House held off on any debate in order to honor the late Representative John Lewis, who was lying in state in the Capitol. Across the rotunda, the Senate processed nominations. But there was a lot going on behind closed doors as lawmakers continued sifting through the Senate Republican leadership's latest coronavirus relief package. Multiple negotiations are going on all at once. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is attempting to get his own Republican colleagues behind his relief proposal. And Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer have been meeting with White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin. They're facing a Friday expiration of several key components of previous relief packages, namely enhanced unemployment benefits and a moratorium on eviction notices. They might be a ways away from a deal. In the meantime, we're going to unpack some of the more interesting takeaways from the Senate Republicans' bid, which was released on Monday. For instance, why are there billions of dollars tucked into it for Pentagon weapon systems like the A-10 Warthog? CQ Roll Call senior writer John Donnelly has more on that. There's $30 billion for the Defense Department for things like everything from building quarantine facilities to uh, developing therapeutics. But there is a section of it that raised some eyebrows because it would bankroll a whole bunch of weapons programs. Specifically, uh, it turns out about $8 billion uh, for fighter jets, attack helicopters, all kinds of uh, hardware programs that a lot of people, Democrats in particular, are looking at and saying, what does this have to do with fighting the pandemic? Um, the answer from Senator Richard Shelby, the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, is spending on the weapons is not only important for our security, but it has economic benefits. It sustains jobs. Uh, Democrats would argue that there are more direct ways to help needier people than paying for more of a particular fighter jet or ship. Um, and so that kind of points to a philosophical difference between the parties uh, about you know, the best way to, to help people economically, really, not just in a pandemic, but generally. So a couple of the programs that would um, benefit from this $8 billion infusion uh, happen to be programs that are run by the top contractors uh, Lockheed Martin and Boeing, which happen to be major contributors to uh, the campaigns, especially of members of Congress who have pivotal roles on the defense oversight committees. So, you know, for Boeing, there was fully $1 billion for P-8 maritime surveillance jets and, and a lot of other, you know, the missile defense uh, uh, programs for Boeing. Um, Lockheed Martin uh, got some F-35s and C-130 transport planes. There was $800 million in there for a National Guard and Reserve Equipment account, which is something that appropriators add to the defense budget every year, usually to the tune of about a billion dollars. So, I mean, it, the list goes on. Another a couple things to note, 
uh, in terms of the politics of this. Senator Shelby, the appropriations chairman, his uh, the Austal shipbuilder in Alabama would be a beneficiary of uh, some of the shipbuilding money in here for uh, an expeditionary fast transport ship and a version of a hospital ship that could also be made in that yard. $260 million for the expeditionary fast transport ship, $1.5 billion for four uh, of these new uh, hospital ships. So there's a lot that would be, um, you know, of benefit to Senator Shelby. There's also a lot that would benefit some lawmakers that are going to be in tough re-election battles. Martha McSally, for example, in in uh, Arizona, um, she's been a big champion of the A-10 fighter plane, and this uh, bill would add a whole lot of money to replace the wings on older A-10, something that she has been fighting for. She used to fly A-10s in the military. So there's all kind of political uh, benefit here, um, and but fundamentally it boils down to a, a difference in philosophy. Um, and you might also say it is a way of of helping companies that have helped lawmakers uh, stay in power. And the only other thing I would note is that this is the opening bit. The Senate Republican measure is going to face pushback, uh, not just in that chamber, but from the Democratic-run House of Representatives. And so the final product is not necessarily going to have all this money for weapons. Missing from the list, interestingly, is money that would uh, help with chemical and biological programs, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the Defense Department does a lot of research into, into uh, a lot of medical research and a lot of uh, other kinds of research on biological uh, issues, partly to protect troops overseas from diseases, but also out of concern about the possibility of biological weapons. The Trump administration had proposed cuts in those programs in the fiscal 2021 budget, but that is nowhere on this list of additional funds. Next, we have staff writer Jessica Wehrman, who breaks down the Senate approach to transportation facilities. Who would get what and who would be left out? I'm working on a story on the latest Senate Republican package aimed at responding to the coronavirus pandemic. That package, which includes everything from payroll uh, protection loans for small businesses to shoring up trust funds includes $10 billion for airports, but it includes nothing for transit, airlines, airline employees, or ports. That omission is going to mean that there is going to be a ton of lobbying in the days to come as House Democrats and Senate Republicans work to strike a deal. While the $2 trillion package that Congress passed in March included money for a wide swath of transportation, the bill introduced on Monday omitted mention of airlines and transit and ports or Amtrak. This is going to mean there's going to be a ton of lobbying in the days ahead. Transit wants $32 billion. Airline employees want an extension of something called the Payroll Support Program. That's a grant program that was given to airlines to allow them to pay their employees during this crisis. Uh, This is just the beginning, both sides say, and they're going to be working in the days ahead to see if other modes of transportation get the blessing of the Congress as well as airports. And now staff writer Andrew Siddons will discuss congressional oversight of the medical supply chain, particularly for personal protective equipment. 
Lawmakers are highlighting how COVID-19 has resulted in an excess of counterfeit or poorly manufactured medical supplies, like masks, gloves, and other personal protective equipment. The next response bill that Congress is crafting could include provisions that attempt to solve this problem by encouraging more manufacturing in the United States. Much of the medical product supply chain, including PPE and pharmaceutical ingredients, originates in China. The system showed its strain when the pandemic began in Wuhan earlier this year and the Chinese government stopped exporting some key supplies. But even when they opened back up, the increased demand brought on by the worsening outbreak in the U.S. still means that demand is outpacing supply. That gave opportunities for new suppliers who could take advantage of desperate states and health providers by selling shoddy equipment that didn't meet U.S. federal standards, or scammers who would send nothing at all. At a Senate Finance Committee hearing Tuesday, members discussed how to bring more of this manufacturing back to the U.S. Some members invoked broadening Buy American provisions to include PPE and requiring the government to strike long-term contracts with U.S.-based PPE makers so that they are encouraged to invest here. The Republicans' latest COVID-19 response package includes provisions that would make the national stockpile of medical supplies Buy American-made PPE and provide tax credits for businesses making PPE here. It also requires the Health and Human Services Department to better coordinate with manufacturers to anticipate and mitigate supply chain disruptions, which could help protect health providers from shoddy products in the first place. That's going to do it for us tonight. For the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, I'm Jason Dick.